Oh no, some scary clown squirted water all over my comics. Never fear, son. In Colorado, there is one place to go for all your comic needs. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh boy, thanks, Coins, Cards, Comics, man. Oh no, there's a lady hanging off that building. Can you save her? I can't save her, but you can also save 20% by getting a hold slot at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Oh no, she's falling. Did you know prices are also falling on back issues at Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics? Thanks for saving me, Coins, Cards, Comics guy. Now I can buy my son the card games he wants and the sports memorabilia my husband wants. That's correct, ma'am. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics knocks it out of the park. So visit 6700 Wadsworth Boulevard in Arvada, Colorado. They're open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And tell them the real nerd sent you! For barbecue that can't be beat, try Birdman Barbecue Sauce. Available and original and spicy. These robust, full-flavor sauces have the awesome power to kick your taste buds in their face. And for that smoke and taste on everything you eat, try new Birdman Smoke and Rub. Caution! Meat left unrubbed may suffer from flavor performance anxiety. You can pick up Birdman Barbecue at local area Ace Hardware stores, Ruff's Barbecue in Golden, and the Danny Cash Hot Shop off-Broadway. You can also like us on Facebook at Birdman BBQ. This Sunday at the Gothic Theater, come see the premiere of a new comedy from Nebulous Visions. Don't be a pussy. What's it about? Too bad, we're not going to tell you, but it's got an old Jewish cat lady in it. Oh, sluts. And this guy. Some other shit. And hermaphrodite, maybe. Oh my god, what is that? Don't be a pussy. Part of the 2012 Denver 48-hour film project gala premiere. August 12th at 7.45 p.m. The Gothic Theater. 3263 South Broadway, Englewood, Colorado. 80113. Bring money. $8 online. And $11 at the door. Oh my gosh, that's so cheap. Don't be a pussy. Don't be a pussy. You can come and see it, pussy. That love and feeling now it's gone, gone, gone. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Welcome to Real Nerds. I am Ryan. To my right is James. In front of me is um, Disturbed. <laughs> what, whatever, dude. That was an amazing rendition of You've Lost That Loving Feeling that we went ahead and stole from Top Gun. And if I remember the rest of the you know bit at Top Gun, it would have been awesome. My yeah. question is why? Uh, Who cares? Because we're just glad you're back, and we wanted to. Yeah, we wanted to serenade you. you with, uh, you know, after listening to last week's show, I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> Are you, you really glad I'm back? Or I, I am because well, you know what? This sounds better. Than it last sounds week. way better. We need the tech guy. Hey, so I'll go ahead and promote your little thing since Brad was <laughs> gone last week. Uh, if you go to the Gothic Theater in Denver, Colorado, on Sunday, <sighs> Englewood. Whatever, it's the same fucking thing. In, it's a town. It's yeah. in the town. Um, if you go to the Gothic Theater uh, Sunday, at what time does it start, Brad? 7.45. 7.45. You can see Brad's entry 40, into the 40-hour film. Can I finish? <laughs> oh, man. Ryan just walked out of the room. 
Uh, and I accidentally well, turned yeah. off my mic. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Brad, why don't you tell us what you did? Because obviously I can't do it. Well, yeah, you're just going to make it generic. And people are going to show up and be like, oh, he made a whole movie. And then it's four minutes later. They're like, what was that? <laughs> so, uh, wait, 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 wait to really but, sell it up. But no, don't no, you want people to go see everybody else's too? Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> or, or as yeah. soon as yours over, you want the, just a mass of people to hey, get up and leave. There's a friend of the podcast who also has one too, so we should just promote it in general. Oh yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I'll backstory for listeners who aren't aware of and haven't listened back to last year. Um, there's a 48-hour film project contest every year um, where teams are, are invited to, in within the span of 48 hours, make a short film between four and seven minutes long um, over the course of a weekend. So that's does what it, I did. Does it have to be filmed in Inglewood or can it also be filmed in Denver? It can film, <laughs> be filmed anywhere in Denver. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. 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 I guess you could film it actually, you know, in Nevada. And if you can get it done and back to Denver turned in within 40 hours, I suppose that's legal. Oh, okay. We could, yeah. I've never asked because I don't know who would be dumb enough to do that. But <laughs> so maybe somebody on the flight home, they would edit it. Edit the movie on the flight home, turn uh, it in. That'd be ridiculous, but next admirable. year we're gonna make a movie. Nevada. <laughs> it's just landscapes. Our forty eight hour film is us traveling there and back. Cool, Brad. <laughs> so where can people go see this and what time? Again, since you interrupted me, why don't you just No, spell you covered it. it. I didn't interrupt that part. Uh, okay, cool. Um and what's the name of the movie you did? Uh <laughs> our movie this year. What, what are you embarrassed to say the name? I mean because you, you you've kind of backtracked. What what movie did you do this year? We got comedy. Good. Uh, our character That's was... That's the only requirement? Was just you had to make it funny? No, that, not the only one. Oh, uh, okay. It was the major one. It, was supposed to, it needs to be a comedy. Our character is uh, Rhoda Powers, or Russell Powers. We chose Rhoda. Um, the line is, let's keep it in the group. That had to be said on screen somewhere in the movie. And the prop is a straw. Hmm. Very nice. And the name of the movie, so people know? Our movie is called Don't Be a Pussy. <laughs> and you can see an awesome uh, trailer of it. I, I thought it was actually brilliant. The trailer is um, really good. Oh, be- thank you. Because he, uh, you know, it's. It, I mean, it's already a dirty trailer, but you said shit and then the beep, so you didn't bleep out shit. You bleeped out nothing. Yeah. And it's it's a really funny joke. And uh, so yeah, good job, Brad. Thank you. Brad's so, uh, Brad's a creative one here. I hope you guys are going to come see it. Uh, it's eight dollars online. I hope you buy your tickets ahead of time, and then eleven dollars <laughs> at the door. Um, if you are so inclined, you can spend twenty four bucks and buy passes to all four screenings. We're the last screening oh, of wow. the evening, so it starts early, like eleven or something. So you better end with a bang. But it also means that you've got the best chance because uh, in a lot of those contests, people just vote for the last one they remember. True. Uh, they actually kind of program the best ones to be at the end of the night. I've noticed in past Ooh. years. So when we get the list of films in the order, we don't know ahead of time. It's just when you get there, you find out. If we're at the end of the list, that means the people who set it up think we did pretty well. Yeah. Um, and then. So you're saying I could I could just show up at like eight <laughs> fifteen. Uh, there's no guarantee, but you yeah. might be able to do that. I hope you wouldn't. And you know, every week James' phone goes off during our podcast. You think he'd learn that? Well, you know, it might have been something important. Hold on, hold on. Let Let, me let's check. see. You now you're gonna have to share with everybody. Somebody's life better be in danger. Uh, it's an email from your wife. Mm-hmm. Um. So. About what? Oh, she's sending me some pictures, and I asked her for to do this a week ago, and she sent them to me right now. Nice. That's so. creepy. <laughs> uh, Whoa, that's not what. No, no, that's not what I meant. No, they're the <laughs> pictures from when we saw Dark Knight. Oh God. Anyway, <laughs> so in addition to our screening, we have some friends, the not literally girls, 
also entered into the contest. They are one of the morning groups, I think. Um, and they got, um, they also got comedy. So cool. And I'm but sure it'll be musically. Actually, I was going to say that I talked to them at the drop off and they said they did a musical. So, so yeah, not surprised. Those I, girls are very uh, talented musically. And Dana had to wear like a pregnancy costume. So no, it was, and get a pregnancy. It was, coach. It was Ginny. Cause I saw the picture Ginny? online. Yeah. Oh, but, uh, well, I mean, we have to hope that they lose. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, like, they're not in our screening group, so... Oh, oh, okay, then good luck to them. I hope they do very well. There can be a winner, a best of each of the four groups, but what we really need is for people to show up and vote for the audience award for us. Ah. So, and you can vote up to three, and they pick the, you know... So you don't want people to go with their heart, you just want them to do what you're telling them to do. Is oh, absolutely. Vote for exactly. Yeah, yeah. Cool. It's encouraged to rally up as many of your own supporters as you can to show up and vote for you. And make money for whoever putting it together. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <That's all> <laughs> <any> <laughs> so. Rig this as best you can. <laughs> Very cool. So, yeah, check that out Sunday, and the August is, 12th. Well, yeah, okay. If Brett is smart, then you've already heard the trailer, so... Uh, I didn't think about putting it in yeah. here, but it's online. It's on the web, our website on the front it page. Is. Under you can go to realnerdspodcast.com and check it out. I stand by my statement. It's under the more important part of the page right now. It is. Um, we have started taking donations for our Alex Sullivan fund that we're going to be donating to his family. If you go to realnerdspodcast.com and click on the link, you will be asked for a donation. But the cool thing is, is when you donate, we will send you a cool Nightwing-themed wristband that says Sully 720 on it in memory of Alex. And uh, all the proceeds go to his family. So, I mean, if we get go through all 200, I mean, I'll order more until yeah. people stop ordering them. Yeah. So, yeah, thank you for all that. Everybody who's already done it. I mean, we haven't really promoted it, and we've already got awesome support for it. Yeah, thank you it's to everyone really who's cool. already donated. Pl- they, a lot of people have already d- donated plenty. And don't worry about covering fee charges or um, credit card percentages because... Like we said, the ba- band's already paid for, so mm-hmm. yeah. everything is icing on the cake. Yeah. Yep. So, so yeah, thanks a lot. Um, and we'll have I'll have an on-site fundraiser at, at Qdoba very soon. As soon as I work out the final details, it'll be in the next week or next week. And I will put it on our website, and I'll also put it on our Facebook page and my Facebook page and your guys' Facebook page. So we get a good turnout at Qdoba. And you'll also get, if you go to the Qdoba one, you will get something from Qdoba. I haven't really worked it out yet. But soon, as soon as I know that, I will put it on the Facebook page and our Twitter account and our podcast website, realnerdspodcast.com. <laughs> hey, guys, we saw a movie this week. What did we see? We saw The Bourne Legacy. Was I awake through the whole thing? I, I guess. I don't know. You're I s- think I was. You're sitting next to me. Okay. I hope you were. If uh, not, you can sleep with your eyes open, and that's pretty impressive. <laughs> I'm like Gandalf. Yes. So, again, if you are new to our podcast, you know, I haven't done this in a while, we go through a list of things. First, we go through our fan mail, which we have a few things this week. Then we go to Real News, which James provides us with. We also do box office numbers, DVD, Blu-ray releases. We also do what we've been seeing, Comic Book Corner. And then we review the featured movie. Um, So, yeah, and there's several ways you can contact us. RealNerds at gmail.com is the email. You can call us, 7206-NERDS5. You can also tweet us, real underscore nerds. And you can also like us on Facebook and leave us messages there. Um, yeah, so just do that. Or you can leave us messages on our website, too. We get those, too. Lots of ways you can reach us. So it's time to dig into the mailbag. Fan mail! <laughs> mailbag. 
<laughs> I know, right? Does anybody still Sounds use the like mail? A ball sack. See, mail he, bag. You, he heals it. He heals at me when my phone rings, but he just like generally just picks it up and is like, "I'm gonna check my phone now." That's for work, James. Podcast. Yeah, this is this is for the job. Oh, um, oh, I thought he was just checking shit. Yeah. We got a really awesome email from Dan again. Uh, Dan, uh, three weeks ago was the interview you heard on our podcast. He yeah. is the Comic Con convention guy. He just goes everywhere. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have to be comic related, but he loves conventions. Yeah. It's like a second job for him. That's cool. He was a cool dude. Um, in it, he says, "Greetings." In your last episode, you had quite the interesting discussion on Total Recall. And while I agree with a lot of your points, I had a very different reaction. I didn't expect it and wasn't looking for it, but Arnold's shadow loomed large over this film. Really? Like you, I didn't think beforehand that Schwarzenegger's Total Recall was an untouchable or a classic. But the more I watch this new remake, the more I realize that, yeah, I do consider the original a classic. I wasn't getting what I wanted. Mars, the gadgets, the one-liners, get your ass the Mars, etc. <laughs> if there's one thing that was most disappointing about this film, it would be the lack of direct callbacks to the original. There are a couple, but they they were not well done. I totally agree. I I agree that the ones that were there weren't well done, like the three boob chick. But the truth is, I feel like callbacks to another movie are they're distracting. They're not actual content. Like they're cool if they're subtle homages. But if it was as simple as like, um, you know, if they really had somebody say "Get your ass to Mars," then it's just then why don't you just watch the old movie? Yeah, no, uh, but I mean, I get what he's saying. I mean, if you should have some callbacks because. Um, the ones, that, or if you're not going to have uh, very many of them, the ones that you do that seem forced are yeah. terrible. No, no, yeah, I think that like the three boob chick one is pretty forced. the The scene where they have, uh, you know, he's got the different face on that's kind of like in the the original movie, and right before that scene, you see a lady who looks like the lady from that movie walking by. Like that one to me is a pretty good one because it's subtle. It's just for those of us in the know, but for people who haven't seen Total Recall in a while yep. or haven't seen it at all, they can just watch that scene and it feels like a good organic scene. Um, I don't know. I, I feel like callbacks are, um, if you do them in a comedy or you do them every now and then it's cool. But, uh, other, uh, other than that, they get distracting. Cool. He went on to say, and Kate Beckinsale is no Michael Ironside, though. I generally like most of Kate Beckinsale's film, even white out. I kind of laughed when I read that. <laughs> Cause that movie's not good. Uh, this movie really do- does her a disservice. Combining the Ironside and stone characters did not work for me. This new composite character that Beckinsale plays didn't make much sense and quickly devolved into a generic villain as the film went on. Agreed. Oh, she is a generic villain, but she's a fucking tiger, man. <laughs> like, she is just, like, she's going to kill that dude. The lack of ambiguity was also a major issue for me. The original was the best mind fuck yet, as Arnold would say. For years, I was unsure of, of what the real and what there wasn't real in that film. Even today, I can still see the different layers and interpretations of the film. But this remake is rather obvious and only makes one or two feeble attempts to add ambiguity to the story. I totally agree. Oh, yeah. I yeah. mean, the first one, you really don't know if he's still in recall or not. And this one, you definitely know that he's not. Yeah. Or or if he is, it's like it doesn't even matter because the story that we followed is so much about what would be the perceived dream. That um, It's interesting because in interviews... Len Wiseman has acted like, oh no, I think it's really, I think it's really still ambiguous, and I'm, eh, no. But um, but is it ambi- or do you know, do you see it coming because you already saw the original Total Recall, though? No, I mean it's it's pretty much laid out that he is totally not in Recall anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that they, yeah, I, I I think that by the end you feel like, oh okay, well this is clearly the real world. Um, okay. Um, yeah. He finishes with when I heard first heard about the Total Recall remake, I was quite hopeful. 
To that end, I was especially interested in seeing the original source material revisited. However, it appears as if the remake has strayed even further from Philip K. Dick's short story. Hmm. But all that aside, I agree with you that this Total Recall is surprisingly entertaining an action film, just not a good remake. Regards, Dan. Um, I agree with Dan. Thanks, I Dan. That's another awesome email that you have written us. I love you're so um, well Art- articulate. articulate and well-in-tuned with movies. It's awesome. Yeah, it makes me. I do kind of want to go back and read that story because I'd like to know if, like, if is Mars actually in? Uh, we'll remember for you wholesale or not? I mean, I don't. I don't know. Um, I'll just do a quick little thing here. Reggie um, asks us when he's going to see us again. Yeah, um, we will be at the next Mile High Comics auction. Well, I will be. Um, James is going to try to get it off. Um, Brad, you're going to try to do it too. Yeah, it's um, uh, Labor Day. It's Labor Day, so we will be there, Reggie. So in the morning, it's in like ten thirty to yeah. It's a short one. It's like ten thirty to one or ten thirty to noon. Something goofy. Um, so we'll definitely be there, though. Yeah, I'll be there. Are you going to be there? <laughs> 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 and last, am I missing anything? I think I just. Well, we also we're planning to be at Mile High Con. Uh, yeah. in some in some capacity. Yeah, we'll also be at Mile High Con. Yeah. Hopefully, some way walking around just handing out stickers or cards or. Something. Just looking at cool stuff. Yeah, just look for us with the real nerd shirt. Yeah. Who knows what we'll be doing. We also got a phone call this week from Natalie. We did. A woman's voice on our <laughs> podcast? That's <laughs> usually only my wife, and she's telling me how stupid I am because I didn't understand Prometheus, but uh, but this time it's somebody else. So, yeah, here's Natalie calling the real nerds hotline, 720-6nerds5. <laughs> Hey, this is Natalie, Sierra, and Shauna calling. And our question is, how do you think the current born compared to Matt Damon? And do you think that this will turn into the next James Bond with different actors continuing the legacy? Let us know. Thanks. Cool. Thanks, Natalie. Um, well, and Shauna. Shauna was there. Shauna and Sierra. Um well, to answer one of your questions, uh, Jer- Jeremy Renner's character isn't really a born. Yeah. Um but I, I think you do bring up a good point that they might, they most likely probably will just get a new actor to be these super agents. Yeah. To be, I mean, it, it does have that feel where it's going to, it'll continue no matter who is. Yeah. I think it, they've, they've set up a universe where it would be a mistake to ever reboot this series. You just, yeah, you do it like Bond where. Yeah. You don't have to reboot you know, it at all. All of a sudden it's like, hey, it's Treadstone 2. And now <laughs> we've got. Uh, that kid who was in Where yeah. the Wild Things Are, but now he's grown <laughs> up and buff. Uh, you know. Yeah, and you, because, I mean, I guess Treadstone could be the new Spectra. I mean, it really yeah. could. Whoever the next, like, young, kind of scrawny, but, like, could could build up some muscles and make girls swoon over him guy is, you just cast him and then have him run around in claustrophobic rooms and punch people with books and stuff. It's really easy. Yeah. So... So yeah, you just I need think a, you could, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's a good point. I think they really could do it. Now, the question is, how does he compare? And that, you're going to have to wait until y- we yeah, get to our review. Yeah, you're going to have to wait to get to our review. But uh, thanks, Natalie, for leaving us a voicemail. It's always it's always funny. Usually we get you know such a male's perspective. So I always laugh when we get women's. Because yeah. they're usually smarter than men. I'm not ashamed to say it. But yeah, I also pretty, believe dogs I'm, are smarter than I'm pretty than sure they were so. getting at uh, which of them is, is more of a hunk. And for that, they would have to call in and tell us which one they think is more hunk. Yeah, I don't know. Um, and for my I, money, I like Matt Damon. But, I mean, maybe Jeremy Renner yeah. does it for people. I don't know. Let's ask the only female here. Hey, Laura, is Matt Damon or Jeremy Renner more attractive? Uh, Jeremy Renner because that's not very really the, the bow and arrow, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, he is the fucker who played the dude with the bow and arrow. In yes. the Avengers. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Oh, she likes that guy. So she likes Jeremy Renner. <laughs> uh, and then, yeah. Cool. So uh, anything else, Brad? Any other tweets? Anything? I think I covered everything. Um, yeah, so I... Uh, yeah, so that's it. Unless Brad has any other tweets you'd like to share with everybody on my show. Oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> someone named Bradley tweeted that uh, if you're going to introduce the show... Saying that it's uh, an exciting one, mm-hmm. maybe you should do it in an exciting, excited voice. <laughs> oh, yeah? Was I not excited? I don't remember. Walla, Walla, good point. What kind of a douche name is Bradley? <laughs> was I not that excited? You know, in the I was going to pick yesterday? on you, James, but um, now I am. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh. Prepare for a war, man. Oh, shit. Was I, I really not that exciting last week, Brad? I was just screwing around said, with you. Well, well, I will admit, I listened to last week's episode. And it start, it's all off like a nerds. radio voice. This is Ryan Frost. So we yeah. have an exciting show for you today. Hey, hey, really? Hey. Was I mumbly too? A little hey, bit. everybody. Welcome to the room. Uh, it had to been the, uh, the equipment. Because Brad took our yeah, equipment. Yeah, blame it on the equipment. Yeah. So I think that was the real reason. That's why we yeah. sounded like we were across the room. You're all bored that you have to wear these headsets on your head. and you're just like, yeah. I had a radio voice? It was voice? like a dog wearing a collar. I, I do know that my voice gets all... Homosexually, when I talk to like children Whoa. and um, women, Wh- what? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> to children? Uh, um, no, I mean like and customers no, I know at work. He, I know you what know, like saying, yeah. I uh, get yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah you do. Kinda, yeah, it's weird. I don't know how to not do it. It's kind of the same way he talks to his dog. Yeah, exactly. You know, gay like Stewie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I go that high. No, you don't. <laughs> but you can't go that high. But anyways, hey, thanks everybody for whoever. Who, thanks everybody who forever called us and left us a tweet or sent us an email. Remember, you can follow us at Real Nerds. What uh, I totally lost it. Yeah, you kind of sound like that uh, Colorado Coins Cards and Comic Superhero guy. Uh, no, the, actually, my Colorado Coins Cards. Uh, I'll, I'll 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 pull back the curtain, guys. Ooh. Um, I was my Dudley Do Right when I was doing the Colorado Coins Cards Comic Guy. What? Was you? That was oh, me, guys. Man. Wow, you're that guy. Here, w- want to see me it's turn amazing. it on? Thanks for everybody who sent us tweets. Right? I w- could be a voice actor. Were you also the lady? Because I still can't figure out who the <laughs> lady was. Let me move your glasses. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is Superman. <laughs> that was amazing. Hey, let's dive into some box office stats. <laughs> This is the box office dance. So surprisingly, The Dark Knight was the number one movie again. Yeah, did you, keeps on trucking. Yeah, it did thirty-five million last week. Mm-hmm. Not surprising. I think it's up to three hundred and fifty-three. No, today it's three seventy. It's like oh, wow. it's like a couple hundred thousand below Passion of the Christ. Nice. So it'll it'll climb up. <laughs> I think it's a couple hundred thousand below Passion of the Christ. Oh, what? I, no, I just like that sentence. Um, and hopefully well, I'm glad you kept on talking. I was going to say something really inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, by the end of the weekend, it'll uh, get close to Hunger Hunger Games. No, I think it, it might overtake. Wow, it. Wow, that um, makes me yeah. sad. It has to do thirty, thirty or forty. To I do think it, it will. So. I mean, it's still number one. So even if it does, well, it did ha- thirty last weekend. So, so if you do half of it this weekend, it's eighteen million. So it's close. It won't overtake it though. It will eventually. Eventually, yeah. The movie we saw, Total Recall, twenty-five million. Which is decent for Which is okay. a, a, an under an underdog action movie in this a scene. movie that really no, had no chance. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like Battleship. Uh, I'm actually kind of surprised. And John that. Carter, but didn't it cost it, like two hundred million to or one hundred and fifty million? Or oh something? yeah, it's an expensive movie. Uh, one hundred twenty-five. 
And that's but, probably just um, production budget, probably not factoring in marketing. Marketing. Oh no, it doesn't. So um, but it, it'd go. at least be Diary of a Wimpy Kid, and those movies are really popular among like families. Yeah, so. crazy, right? Yeah, that's the third one, and they. I mean, they're saying it's a down because it did eighteen million, but I mean, how much do those movies cost to make twenty? Yeah. Cool. So thank you, Box Office Mojo, for supplying us with all our box office numbers and stats. Guess what, guys? What? Next week's a big week for Blu-rays. Oh, Let's yeah, check it, it out. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Uh, the biggest one, obviously, is Jaws. I mean, there's... Yeah. Um, How long have I had that pre-order? I have no idea. Months, it's like dude. your Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Yeah. You had a pre-order gonna... before Blu-ray was even a format. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get it the day before I leave, so I have to watch it like at midnight That's in my awesome. room in the dark. Because I have to see it before I go. I am really excited for this one because I thought the 25th anniversary DVD looked amazing. Yeah, no, it does. But this, so I can't wait. That's the thing. I can't wait not just to devour the movie in (laughs) HD and all that. Look at that that pun, devour, (laughs) devour. But all of the specials and stuff on there. I hope, uh, from what I've heard, there is a pretty good. Does Roy Scheider do all of that uh, commentary? I don't think so. I I don't think. I wish. I wish that there was a... Oh, fuck. I just, Did you forget I just, that he was dead? I just remembered that Roy Scheider was dead. That was awful. You're the devil. Oh, man. I think uh, the last thing he did was that little voice work on Family Guy a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. When he makes fun of Richard Dreyfuss. It's man, awesome. Sequest was really good. Anyway, <laughs> uh, um, I, I wish there was a Spielberg commentary, but of course he yeah. never does it. But, you know, the thing with Spielberg, though, usually he has his documentaries on his Blu-rays are so long that, yeah. you know. Yeah. But they're never the with him. You never get a little bit insight into him, and that's that's what it I It is really interesting want. that he doesn't do that. Yeah. Maybe he likes to preserve the movie magic. Yeah. Uh, the second one is The Hunger Games, mm-hmm. which I'm, you guys didn't care for, but I actually thought was really good. I'm surprised it took that long for them to get a, a Blu-ray out. And then we have Dexter, season six. Yep. Uh, Joe let me borrow Dexter season one, and I still haven't watched it. Sorry, Joe. I'll get around to it. I promise. I, I got it lent to don't. me too, so we can we can follow it together. <laughs> we can. Oh, <laughs> don't um, get your hopes up. It's not the best show ever, but it's fun. Community season three, which oh, is amazing. Of it course, it really is the best show ever. Tristan Chat actually has that on the shelf right now. Wait, does it really? Oh, Tristan Chat always puts them out early. Yeah, always. That's how unless you get your we're store not supposed closed. to know that. <laughs> we just threw uh, them under the bus, didn't we? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck these guys. Yeah. Criterion Royal Tenenbaums is also out, which I love the cover art for it. Yeah, it is pretty cool. Um, well, it's the inside of the old DVD. Yeah, it's still cool, though. Yeah. Um, Turtles Season 10, the final season, Brad. With bonus episodes that were missing from other re- season releases. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> really, they, really? They do it like the Batman where they don't. No, really they were doing order. it as seasons, but I guess they just left some they off like for missed, no good reason. They're like, well, these are shitty episodes. Leave them off. Yeah. Or they maybe had a rights issue that they uh, could Oh, maybe. Guess. That's, that's most likely, yeah. I think the first one has episodes from season 10 because that's the whole like weird drag story or whatever. They have some weird episodes in there with like a Vanilla Ice song in there, and they're like, <laughs> oh, we can't re-release this. Oh God, we don't let have the it money. go. <laughs> <laughs> also, The Raid, Redemption comes out, which I yeah. haven't seen, but is one of those movies that... I heard the action is yeah has spectacular. Some, yeah, some kind of cult following. Yeah, we never really had a chance to see it around here, so I'm looking forward to actually getting my hands on that. And kind of an evening with Kevin Smith thing as Jay and Silent Bob get old and teabagging in the UK. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, and there's one more, which is that the Blu-ray for Iron Sky, which is that movie about Nazis on the moon, comes out this week, uh, mm-hmm. which they've been making for like eight years. Uh, so I'm excited about that. 
Hey guys, is Father's Day finally <laughs> coming out? <laughs> oh, Father's Day is coming out this Tuesday. Allegedly. Do you believe me, Brad? No. Okay. So when it shows up in your I'll mailbox, believe you when it shows up in my mailbox. <laughs> then we'll be excited. So once again, thank you Digital Bits for supplying us with all the DVD art, release information. Once again, you can click on any DVD cover on the Digital Bits upcoming releases. It takes you to Amazon where you can order it. You should do that because it supports the Digital Bits. So next is real news. <laughs> it's almost like he doesn't know how to do this show. It's real news. I know I've only been doing episode number is this sixty something? Sixty two. Oh man, sixty two. Man, I, you think I'd have it down by now? We got to retire. <laughs> we do. Uh, so. To me, the biggest news story, James, is I'm going to spoil it for you because I don't care. It's my you show. You son of a bitch. Um, is Joss Whedon is returning to do The Avengers Part 2, not surprising. And he's, but he's also developing uh, a TV show for ABC. Yeah, the show that we talked about the last two weeks. Um, so it's not really shocking news, but I think it's kind of cool. Is He's kind of become Marvel's uh, Christopher Nolan, where Christopher yeah. Nolan's kind of, well, just uh, Superman. But you'd hope that Chris Nolan would do something else, but I don't think he's going to. Yeah, but that's what Joss Whedon's kind of doing with Marvel. It's it's neat. It makes sense now why um, because when you saw him in interviews when Avengers released and he wasn't signing on to do the next one, but he was talking like he loved these characters and he would totally do a next one. But there was no contract in place, and everybody was kind of like, "Okay, why is this? What's wrong?" You know. Uh, well, the reason is because it's a contract through 2015 that is a like. It's a, it's a it's a movie and a TV show. It probably includes him being involved in some of the other movies, um, just like he was for the the setup for the first Avengers. Um, so it's a big deal. It means that he's going to be, um, you know, elbow deep in Marvel movies for the next few years, and that's a pretty big commitment. So now it makes and sense. now they're saying too that now that Guardians of the Galaxy is, uh, you know, their next team one mm-hmm. that that Thanos at the end was kind of the setup for Guardians of the Galaxy instead yeah. of being the setup for the Avengers 2 is actually the setup for Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. where they'll try to stop Thanos and I guess he'll keep on going or yeah, something like that. Yeah, they will probably fail, which will make that movie awful because it'll be like we got to introduce this raccoon, raccoon with a gun. It's going to be awesome. We, we got to introduce this raccoon and this talking tree and then they got to get their asses kicked at the end of the movie. What? I still want to see it. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm just saying, it's a bad recipe. Because it's so bizarre, but, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll take a chance. What else you got for me, James? Uh, the Great Gatsby, which was supposed to be at, out at Christmas, is getting pushed back to 2013, basically because they looked at all of the movies coming out around Christmas, and they were like, oh, oh, this is this is going to be a, a killing field. Um, yeah, I thought it'd be one of the movies that got lost. Yeah, I did that too. That or Les Miserables. What, what, yeah. When in 13 is it coming out? Uh it's summer, so the perfect summer movie. They, yeah, they haven't <laughs> they haven't set a specific date yet, um, but the next summer is pretty packed too. Yeah, so I, I know. know what I, they're I mean, thinking. what are they going to do it in between Iron Man and yeah. Superman? They should have <laughs> they should have tried for like April, which maybe that that's what they're doing because um, April is still pretty fertile ground. Uh, even March, Ask they could the pull Hunger off. Games. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Was it Hunger Games um, March twenty fifth? I think. Yeah, look at yeah, me. I remember stuff like that, but I don't remember my own show. <laughs> uh, it's embarrassing. Oh, and also because around Christmas we got uh, Quentin Tarantino's Django Unchained as well as Zero Dark Thirty, Lincoln, um, and Lincoln, and The Hobbit, and so it was. Yeah, it's probably a smart move, but summer is going to be especially because I'm guessing that movie wasn't cheap. 
No, no, no. It doesn't look cheap. Um, speaking of The Hobbit, uh, th- we found out this week, um, Brad actually rolled his eyes at me. Like, oh, God damn it, we're going to talk about The Hobbit again. I'm surprised <laughs> you didn't talk about it last week when it actually got announced. No, because we had, we, we, we had announced it two weeks in a row yeah. that it was real, and then it got seriously announced, and I was like, well, why even do it? Yeah, fuck it. Um, but this week we found out that the, the uh, high frame rate revolution is going to be actually pretty small. There aren't enough theaters that are going to be ready by December, so it's probably going to be like L.A. and New York, which means that we won't get to see it out here, which I'm disappointed by, like... I Meh. you know I I want to at least see it and see what that looks like because it it seems it's more exciting to me than 3D ever is. Turn on a soap opera, a soap opera. <laughs> yeah, the thing that you know that always bugged me when you know when you ever you go into any electronic store and they have those high frame rate TVs going. Yeah, it's like oh look how weird this looks on a stage basically for a movie. Oh, you yeah, know? no, it it does you know, like, look, look a how little true bit... to life this looks. And like, well, I don't yeah. want it to look exactly like life because then. <laughs> Takes but it, away the mystique of it. The the argument is that over a longer period of time, and if that's the way we watch movies all the time, that that would be lessened, that we wouldn't see it. It's just because I it's, guess. it's a change, and that's why we perceive it that way. But also what it's going to do for 3D, that's what is exciting to me about yeah. it. Um, so, but it's a shame. It, maybe if, if it's something that like people in L.A. and New York are raving about when it comes out, then maybe by the next year or the third film, we'll... Uh, We'll we'll get we'll get it out here in Denver. So, um, anyway, speaking of Zero Dark Thirty, which we weren't going to talk about this, but we saw the trailer before this movie, and the people we were with were like, "Hey, do you guys think that's going to be good? Is it too soon to do this movie?" So I figured we should talk about it on um, the site. I don't think it's too soon to do a movie about the death of Osama bin Laden because fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, no, I I understand. Um, it does kind of feel weird. It does feel like taking advantage but what i was trying to explain to them was that they were making this movie before we actually killed him and then they just changed the end and sort of some was of the, the original plot. name kill osama bin laden yeah it was it was something like that or I, I think that was sort of the working title anyway um but they changed the title to the actual name of the actual mission where they actually killed osama bin laden um so yeah basically uh for people who don't know they they had a script and then they just wrote the ending for yeah. how they found him yeah um, which it's got Kyle Chandler and Joel Edgar Egerton and Jessica Chastain in it. Like I can't not want to see that movie. I think um, it might be cool. Yeah. Of course the trailer, but, all it did was not really show anything. It showed a no. map with a black line going across it. And you, you, you know how I felt about the Hurt Locker. So I'm not entirely enthused by the idea of another movie about the military from her. But, um, of course most of that movie was good. Just the fucking end, man. So I haven't seen it. You should you should see it and then turn it off early. Okay. Um, next What's it going to be streaming for free? And then I'll let it, I'll see it. It might already be. Really? I don't right. know if it is. It's a few years old. You guys aren't going to give a shit about this, but uh, next year we're going to get a Doctor Who movie. Get the but fuck out of here! Wait, not an actual Doctor Who movie. It's a movie about Doctor Who. It's a movie about the guys who made Doctor Who back in the um, uh, is it late fifties or early sixties? So why don't you start that? Early they're going to make a documentary about Doctor Who. Thank you. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> and also, why are you telling us news we don't care about? <laughs> because because there are some people listening who do give a shit, and because Doctor Who is awesome, and it's not my fault. Fair point. Fair okay, point. Okay. Um, but uh, the Brian story, and I are going to go talk over here. Yeah, the story anyways. is actually pretty interesting because when you read about these guys who. Um, like one is a Canadian guy, one's a, a a female producer, which at the time was pretty rare, and they get together <laughs> to do a sci-fi show that was not crazy popular at the time. I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, 
As long as they're cool, you know, I don't care. I'll watch, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. I said I've seen a couple episodes of Doctor Who starring Andrew Garfield. Yeah, but you didn't like them because they're not very good episodes. Yeah, they're all right. Yeah. Um, you can legally torrent hundreds of movies on the internet now. Uh, the internet library has uh, gotten access to a bunch of movies, including Plan 9 from Outer Space and uh, My Girl, or uh, His Girl Friday, um, a whole bunch of movies that you can just go and download for free. Most of them are old movies, but not all of them. Um, a lot the of fa- them, actually, the, is it because the copyrights ran out of them? Uh, I don't know, because like, the Fast and the Furious is one of them. Night of the Living Dead is one. Oh, Reefer Madness is one. Dressed to Kill. Uh, Night of the Living Dead uh, has always been, always been in public domain. Oh, yeah? Because uh, there's a great di- uh, commentary on the 30th anniversary that they made the prints, and all the prints they made were put in this warehouse that flooded... And the only surviving print that they sent to make copies didn't have a copyright on it. Oh, wow. So as soon as they released that movie, anybody could take it. Huh. So George Romero never made hardly any money off Night of the Living Dead. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Uh, either way, there's a, it, it includes the Fast and the Furious, which I'd like to know a story on how that got mm-hmm. on there. Um, but I think it's interesting. You can go to the internet library and download a Wait. bunch of old movies. Some of them are really cool. Isn't there like an old Fast and the Furious movie that they just took the title of and... I don't believe so. I think the new Fast and the Furious is just a revamping of an older movie with that title. I don't know. So maybe. I, maybe you know, this is the old one. I You could be very right. Um, while I look that up really quick, <laughs> we can talk about the fact that Bob Hoskins is retiring. Oh, um, cool. I, I actually didn't. So we're never going to see Super Mario Brothers 2? Maybe. We aren't. I guess not. Or he's not going to be in Hook 2, or that movie that they're making about Rufio that is sort of a sequel to Hook or the prequel or something. Oh, yeah, that guy's trying to make uh, yeah, a real yeah. movie. Um, Rehook. <laughs> Dude, that would be an awesome title. Uh, actually, there there are about half a dozen movies called Fast and Furious. So They should make a Hook trilogy. A lot of like them the first one's Hook, the second one's Line, and the third one's Sinker. <laughs> uh, hey um, But unfortunately, he has Parkinson's disease and is getting older, and so he's retired, which he's is good is in really movies. sad. Yeah, man, I, I really liked him. Yeah, he was too. in, it, this actually reminds me that he was in Snow White and the Huntsman. Which he was. Right. He I was feel like I hadn't seen him in a while, and it was it was nice to see him again, so. Uh, also, to answer your question, yeah, there's a 1955 movie called The Fast and the Furious, which is What's probably up? the one. Good nice. call. Good call. I'm um, a real nerd. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's news, unless you got anything else. Uh, no, that's all I got. Brad, you have any news? No, my news was the Hoskins thing, so. You cool. stiller of news. Well, it's, you know, what I do. Guess actually, what? we had a hook playing at the Esquire this weekend, and I had to miss it because uh, yeah, of uh, the 48-hour. I would have loved to see that. I know. I was like actually trying to fit my schedule around. Like, <laughs> I think I can slip away for two hours. You know what? Fuck this movie. movie I'm making. I gotta go see. Yeah. The yeah. It's a movie it's that's weird how twenty years old. It's weird how there there's a whole Blu-ray. community of people who don't like that movie. Yeah. It's all right. They just lack joy in their life. They do. I haven't seen it in a while. I have to watch it again. Oh, dude, it's good. Yeah. They throw paint. The script is really good. It's got some really brilliant lines in it. Yeah. Smart and stuff. the actors are all amazing. Oh yeah. yeah, they do have really good actors in it. That whole the whole story with Dustin Hoffman and and Peter's kid, Peter's son, is so good. Phil Collins, a detective in it. Oh, <laughs> I was reading something interesting about Phil Collins. Um, he had to retire too because his back is all yeah. screwed up from drumming. But his greatest hits album was on sale for five or three dollars, and it jumped all the way up to number six on the Billboard charts last week. Jump, really, uh, an increase of. Four thousand five hundred and seventy-five percent. How come? It's one of the biggest gains ever because uh, they had the MP3 was only f- uh, five dollars. 
Wow. So a lot of people bought it. So yeah, go Phil Collins. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I read it in Entertainment Weekly. It's one of the biggest jumps ever in music history. He had that really cool album lately, recently, where he he did a bunch of covers of like indie songs. movies, and he did that. Yeah, he stole from Rod Stewart. Uh, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, he did one that was a uh, oh crap. Um, who's the band that did uh, the Suburbs? Um, Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire. He stole that Arcade Fire song, and then they used it for the John Carter trailer, which was amazing. Hmm. Um, Phil Collins is also really important in movies. He does a lot of soundtracks. He does. Yeah. He was like Disney's go-to guy there in the mid-90s for a while. Yep. In Tarzan, which I think is a really underrated Disney movie. Oh, yeah. I think it's a really bad Disney movie. What do you Screw think you, Phil James. <laughs> so, uh, What do you think Phil Collins thinks about um, uh, comic books? You be in my long box. Yes, you be in my long box. <laughs> comic quarter. <laughs> What's up, nerds? It's the Comics Corner. There's not too many times you get me singing twice on the podcast. I know. I know. Uh, So enough time has passed that me and James can now talk about The Walking Dead 100. Yeah. Which is a huge milestone for any independent comic to make it there. It is. Um, I think Especially something about zombies, because how often do you even see a story about zombies that goes that long? And something... I think, I want to say Spawn and Savage Dragon are really the only ones I remember that have lasted that long. Oh, yeah. Um, maybe Witchblade, I think. Mm, I think Witchblade's pretty uh, yeah. old. Yeah, I think Witchblade's gotten that far. So, yeah, it's kind yeah. of interesting. It's um, certainly a milestone. Um, it's one that uh, Ryan and I don't entirely agree on. We don't. But it's, we're going to count this as my week because I forgot last week, too. So, <laughs> it's Walking Dead 100. Yeah. Um, you which, can... Hopefully, still pick it up. I saw it. Um, oh yeah, there's so many copies. Oh yeah, of it. Mile High has they tons did, of them. They did like 14 covers for this book. So yeah, you should be able to find it. Um, uh, spoilers: If you have not read issues 94 through 100, or is it 92? Uh, no, I think. Are you talking about just something to fear? Yeah. I think it starts at 96. Okay, so 96 through 100. Uh, stop listening, because um, yeah, major spoilers coming up for The Walking Dead. Yeah, Brad doesn't read the walking dead so but he doesn't it, give a shit it also shouldn't matter for people who are only watching the tv show because they're never going to get this far <laughs> yeah um so i mean you, you can start if you want james i um i i, I guess i can start with they're, this i can they're I, getting to a place now and kirkman has said this for years that he feels like the zombies aren't scary in the book anymore there's which nothing, i disagree there's nothing uh that he can do to really bring tension back uh so he wanted with with the start of this new long story arc post issue 100 he wanted to bring something to fear back uh and of course in a in a zombie book it's always people but this time unlike the other the other times where there's been like one badass dude this is really like an army a militia of sort of post apocalyptic gangsters that i i think are scarier uh than than the governor ever was um but Ryan disagrees. I do. I I think The Walking Dead's been dragging its feet for nah. for about 20 issues now. I don't... It's kind of just... Oh, Carl got shot. Oh, uh, Rick and Andrea slept together. Andrea slept together. Yeah. Um, it just seems like they just keep on moving from... Uh, my, my biggest problem with kirkman's writing right now is he just moves from the same thing with just different characters if it's oh, yeah. um i think the governor is relatable to um, negan uh yeah negan because it, it's, it's you know it's just another guy who's really bad 
And to me, I, I still think the zombies are terrifying. And I, th- I think the book actually suffers when he doesn't introduce them again for a while. I mean, there'll be issues, three or four issues in a row where you don't even see them. Yeah. And it's people talking. And I understand <laughs> that it's it's hard and... Um, and I mean, there's shocking moments in issue 100. There really is. Oh yeah. Um, but I, I sometimes Fucking gruesome art, really, yeah. really gruesome. Like I, as I was reading, because I knew something was coming, I, I, I found myself not wanting to turn the page because I was like, something bad is going to happen, and things are already bad enough that like I know and what happens next is going to be bad. Yeah, I think though that the art was so exaggerated that it was kind of cartoony to me. Mm. Um, I mean, me and James really disagree on this book. I. My, one of my biggest problems with Kirkman, I don't know if I've ever voiced it on the podcast, is that he writes really juvenile sometimes. Yeah. Um, you know, he puts curse words. And you know me, I don't care about curse words, but sometimes if you don't write them. He em, lets them get in the way. Yeah, he, they get in the way, exactly. So I think sometimes it's an out for him where he says, fuck this shit. And you're just like, dude. And yeah. he'll, he'll, um, he'll have people yelling, saying, you fucking pussy. I don't fucking care what you. To yeah. me, it's just really bizarre. Um, I don't and, think and, and Negan is that under a microscope yeah, like Negan every other word is fuck yeah he, there's literally a balloon where he says fucking this fucking shit my fucking shit or something like that yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. he says he says it quite a bit it, it's uh, literally fuck you you fucking piece of fucking shit or, because he or is like this character is a grown-up schoolyard bully um, yeah and the, the, the reason I think it's different from the governor is that with the governor like they were setting up they, they had set up a place where they were safe mm-hmm. but they weren't really building a civilization they weren't building a post-apocalyptic society whereas the hill really is that like there's enough people there uh where rick is no longer just responsible for a small group of people he's now responsible for a lot of people like yeah they're making it seem like it's hundreds of people yeah and and then it's the 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 fate of the world itself balanced against this guy who is a bully who wants to just control things with fear um, and that's why I think it's different because the governor just wants their stuff and then burns all their shit down. This guy wants to, it's a, it's a question between, all right, we're going to restart the world with zombies in it and have a new like civilization, but this guy wants it to be his civilization and we want it to be ours. And that's the conflict that I think is interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, but you're, but you're right. It is, it's a really juvenile character. Um, you know, the, the one part of the book I thought was really strong was when, um, Negan was going around and kind of picking out who he was going to hurt. Yeah. Um, it's I really mean, meta. I mean, that was, it was really tense. And I mean, but I did, um, super major spoilers issues leading up to it. How Glenn was talking about, Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I don't want to be with you anymore, Rick. I'm sorry. I'm going to start my life I, about, I don't know, issue 98. I was like, Oh, well they're going to kill Glenn in issue 100. Or I knew they're going to do it. And yeah. then, I mean, I didn't expect him to get killed that way, but yeah. um, I think I think what sucks about it is it's not like they just shoot him in the face like they mm-hmm. did with Abraham. It's that we have to watch everybody else watch Negan beat the shit out of him till he's dead. Mm-hmm. And that's why turning those pages is fucking brutal because uh, you want Rick to do something, but you also know he can't. Like you feel very helpless reading those pages, and that's what I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, so I th- I hope that. It, when it goes in a new direction, it'll pick up. Yeah. Because, too, I haven't liked the character of Rick in a long time. Oh, yeah. Um, no, I, I agree with you there. So I hope that he f- kind of finds his footing again. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I think the century mark hopefully will help him with that. Yeah. 
Well, that's the thing. I kind of thought he had with with the hill. I was, I was starting to like Rick again because I haven't liked Rick since um, the the hunters. Mm-hmm. Like Rick does some fucked up shit, and he's been like grieving over what he did for thirty pa- thirty books. So. Yeah, no, I um, agree. So anyway, yeah, it's still it's still time, it's but. still an interesting book. I mean, I, I still recommend it. Oh yeah, because um, I ha- always have faith. There's always those times where you know it drags, but then you get those four or five issues. Where, where you're reading, awesome. you're just like, oh my gosh, this is the best book on the market. Yeah. Um, so There's I hope a reason it, that book sells more every month than it ever has. Yeah, so I'm hoping that it will continue. So, thanks. Yeah, pick up The Walking Dead 100 to see what all the controversy is about. And let me let us know if I'm right or James is right. Yeah. Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics. Colorado's Coins, Cards, and Comics are sold out. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Enchanted Ground. No, don't go to Enchanted Ground. Um, Go to Mile High Comics because their shipment of 5,000 of them got lost on their way to San Diego, so they have a bunch of them. <laughs> so, yeah, you can pick them up there. Because Brad got me a copy there. Thanks, Brad. That's right. And um, they had so many different covers, I didn't know what to do. I told him to give me the most badass one, and it was Michonne chopping a zombie's head in half. Which and is that Ryan Otley cover. It's a great cover. I bought that one. It is. It's awesome. Cool. So now we're going to move on to stuff we've been watching. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. I watched so much shit this week. Uh, <laughs> my wife lost her car key, so she had to take my car to work one day, and I was off for that day. So I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? I literally turned on Amazon Prime, and I would just pick movies randomly. Oh, yeah? Um, except for one, the first movie I watched was God Bless Amer- uh, America. Is that that... Um, Bobcat uh, Goldwave? Yeah. Um, eh. Really? Um, the... In light of the recent events, there's a shooting in a theater, so it kind of pulled me out of it gotcha. for a second. Um, but even leading up to that, I didn't think it was that really that special. Um, to shoot a baby in the beginning, I heard. Uh, yeah, <laughs> there's. Uh, That's fucked up. The, the character in it, he's suffering from a tumor in his brain, so he suffers from horrible migraines, and he starts by talking about this monologue about how fucked up society is and how um, TV, it's all about you know who's the most outrageous on reality shows which is you know kind of true and and it starts off kind of interesting i I mean i laughed out loud when he was watching a reality show and this girl took a bloody tampon out of her vagina and threw it on somebody um that was pretty funny and then somebody really did that once really yeah some uh somebody some musician on stage did that once oh well i thought he was just being funny but no uh so yeah, so he does shoot a baby at the beginning. Um, he His neighbors are like watching TV really loud, and their baby's always screaming. So he walks in there, and he shoots the husband, and then the mom screams and throws her baby in the air, and then he shoots the baby, and blood flies everywhere. He was just dreaming. Um, so his daughter doesn't love him, and he's going to die from this brain tumor, and he watches a reality show where the spoiled brat is on there and saying how she's crying and screaming because she wanted a Lexus SUV, and she got a a car and her parents saying oh yeah it's our fault we should have got the car she wanted so he goes to her school and he meets this other girl um who catches her him like spying on her and so she walks away and then he goes to blow up her car with her in it and the rag that catches on fire blows away so he just shoots her in the face um and then that little girl joins him on their um cross country cross country murder spree did you see it I, I I heard an interview with Bobcat Goldthwait talking about these plot points. Yeah, so they they did that, and it, to me, um, I, I mean, do you like anybody? N- no. Okay. Um, 
the 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 point of the movie is basically Bobcat Goldthwait is definitely a super left wing liberal, and again, I don't. Um, I mean, I don't make any qualms about who I vote for, but sometimes it gets annoying. Yeah. You know, it's so they kill a guy who's like Glenn Beck, and then they oh. and then they have these monologues where they go on about how much they hate Juno and stuff, and it's like it's really bizarre. And so I. And then, the, you know, they kill people in a movie theater because they were talking. So it kind of really sucked me out of it. Uh, um, and uh, so it was hard for me to get back into the movie. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, whatever. If you're, you're bored and you want to hear a bunch of monologues about people that, obviously, Bobcat Goldwaith hates, then you can watch it. Being that monologues and rhetoric are the reason why I don't think that Fight Club is that cool a movie. Oh, then you won't uh, like this movie will, at all. Yeah, this <laughs> sounds terrible. like my nightmare. Um, I also watched Matthew Perry's new show called Go On. Oh yeah, I've seen I, so many freaking commercials for that. Which I actually thought was pretty funny. Um, it was yeah. a lot. It was more serious than I thought it was going to be. Really? Because um, the commercials are like slapsticky. Go On. I thought it was called Goon, but <laughs> <laughs> it does kind of look like that. Um, yeah, Matthew Perry plays a character who's a sportscaster, and or uh, I, I guess a sports radio guy, and he's he's like cutting edge. Like he, he but he's in a funny way. He. Like Kevin Carnett's on a show and he says, "Hey, who's the ugliest player in the NBA?" And just so he's like kind of goofy, but this show opens with he's at his job and he's not supposed to be back because his wife just died. And they said you need to go to ten sessions of grief counseling to come back to work, and it has to be signed by your therapist. And so he goes to this group uh, session, and there's a really funny um, moment where he's pitting everybody against each other, like a final four bracket, like who has the most sad story. And uh, part of that made me laugh out loud is there's an old black guy and he's blind. And so Matthew Perry says, okay, tell us your sad story. And he goes, wait, who said that? I can't see you because I'm blind. (laughs) And so he moved on in the next bracket. And then it took this really serious turn about uh, he had the lady sign off his thing because she was tired of dealing with his bullshit. And he goes back to work and he's interviewing the real Terrell Owens is there. And as Terrell Owens is leaving, he's texting while he's driving and he kind of loses it, and he throws stuff at Terrell Owens, and he's going to fight him. And uh, and then he goes back to the um, to the group session, and you find out that his wife was killed while she was texting and driving. So mm-hmm. it's kind of his – he has to learn to be um, – deal with his grief. Yeah. And it is actually pretty funny and uh, kind of heart uh, as touching. So uh, I will be watching it again when it comes back on September 11th. So huh. yeah, check it out. Go Maybe on. Maybe I will. It kind of has a feel of uh, community. What channel is it on? Uh, NBC. Wow. Um, it There's no laugh track or anything, but it kind of has the, uh, when I say the feel of community, it's not as like goofy as community, but it has the the music cues and yeah. um, people sitting around and talking. Gotcha. Um, I also saw Batman Under the Red Hood, which is- Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I wanted to see it after you told me about it, um, and it's it's pretty good. Um I actually like the story uh, in the comic books about how Jason Todd comes back. Um, and this follows it uh, really close, yeah. really close. Um, there's the, my favorite scene is when Batman figures out who uh, that Jason Todd is the Red Hood. Um, and then Jason Todd kidnaps the Joker. And they're in this apartment. And Jason Todd is um, asking... He asked Bruce, he says, you know, of all the people you throw away, you couldn't, you wouldn't kill the one person who killed me. And was I that unimportant to you? And there's like a great 
powerful scene where yeah. the Joker is saying, this is all I could ask for, because they both pull a gun on people and Batman refuses to kill the Joker. And it's brilliant. That whole scene in that little apartment is yeah. really, for a kid's show, you're like, whoa. I guess, it's not made for kids, I guess. Um, but I was I was actually pretty impressed with it. It makes me want to see the other ones. Oh, absolutely! And that that opening sequence of of the Joker beating. Oh yeah, like it's it's intense. I mean, it is, man. And that's uh, a great movie. Yes, and I mean they, uh, yeah, I I I highly recommend it. Yeah, um, I saw it on Blu-ray. And it looks fantastic. Especially um, like if you're one of the people who's been listening to us talk about the Batman show, and you're like, I would like to watch that, but you don't want to go buy the Batman show. Do this because you can get it on Netflix real real easy. Yeah, actually, um, uh. The animated series is on Amazon Prime. Is it really? So what? You could be for free? watching those. No, not for free. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You can pay for the DVD. Well, I'll pay the, the 20 bucks now for us on sale. They are on Amazon Prime. But yeah, I, I think everybody should check it out. It's a really cool little story. Yeah. And then I watched the interview with Denny O'Neill at the end. And he was saying that he's glad that the internet wasn't around because he didn't want people to know that he was the guy who killed Robin. I don't think people give a shit. <laughs> Sorry. Robin's not that cool. Yeah. But uh, I, I do like the Red Hood character, and I like, uh, and I think it's interesting that Jason Todd was only killing people that were bad, and he's trying to prove a point that he's a more extreme Batman. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of interesting. So yeah, I should check out Under the Red Hood. Um, I also saw a movie called Zombie Death House. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, it's not good. Um, it's... An 80s movie, and it starts off as a Vietnam vet, becomes a chauffeur for a mobster, and it's so low budget that literally half the movie is him driving around and doing a monologue while he's driving around, <laughs> and then having conversations with people. And uh, In the car? Uh, no, no one's in the car. Like he, oh. It's like he's driving, and he says, hey, Cap, how's it going? Oh, it's been so bad since the war ended. And, oh, no. And then John Saxon, who's in the original Nightmare on Elm Street, is the director, and he stars in it. And so he gets entangled with the mob guy's wife, and then the wife is murdered by the mob boss, and he's framed. And he has to go to a prison where they're doing experiments on the prisoners, and they turn them into zombies. <laughs> but the zombies really don't show up. It's really bad. So, what? oh, wow. What's the point of even having him, like, framed by the... Because <laughs> they could put him in a a, a prison that has zombies in it. I don't know. It Couldn't you just sense. like start with him in the prison and he's a Vietnam vet and maybe he killed somebody on accident and then there's zombies in a prison? That sounds cool. See, that sounds way more interesting than yeah, zombie death house. You don't need you don't need mob <laughs> people. And zombies uh, in a prison, zombie prison. Yeah, so I I won't recommend that unless you're really bored. You know, it is streaming for free on Amazon Prime. So you know, hey, and there's lots of boobs in it. Lockdown zombies. <laughs> Um, and the last thing I saw was a movie called, um, what the fuck was it called? Devil's Playground, which is basically a ripoff of 28 Days Later, where Ooh. people are infected and they run around and eat people. Um, but the people they had play the uh, infected people in it are doing parkour. So the only <laughs> thing I could think of the whole time is the episode of The Office where Michael, um, Dwight, and uh, Andy. Andy are doing parkour around the office. I believe it's parkour. season five, episode one. It is season parkour. five, episode one. Yeah, and every time they were jumping, I just heard parkour, 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 because these zombies are just like doing the parkour, even like poses. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know how to describe it, but they're like, it was, it was all right though. It was actually not too bad, to tell you the truth. Um, 
But yeah, that's what I I told you I watched tons oh, this week. Man. Um and that's what I watched this week. I also saw Return of the Joker, <laughs> Batman Beyond. I'm glad you said that cuz I watched it too. Nice. So, so oh, really? <laughs> segue into Brad oh, talking man, about I've what been you itching saw. to watch that cuz I've never seen it. Oh. You can borrow my Blu-ray. Oh, dude, I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we can't talk about it then. Yeah. Well, I know that the Joker comes back. Yeah. And I know and I know like but you don't yeah. know why. Yeah, you don't know. Oh, it's so right, good. I, I, mm. I will say this. I I won't talk about it then, but um cuz I have a bunch of other stuff anyway, but I did forget the twist of the episode. I mm. thought it was something else and um it yeah, I, the I, twist I, is amazing. Here's what we can promise. Yeah. I oh, Of course I won't be here next week. <sighs> but I can borrow it and what we can talk about it 2 weeks from now. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let Shit. you borrow it. Uh well, I'm, I'm impressed that I was able to forget it, and then it was like watching again. Yeah, it was able to refresh me, and like, oh, that's what, that's what, why. Yeah, when okay. I was watching it, you know, because I did forget too. I forgot the, like, I remember. I forgot it was one thing because there's a character missing yeah, in the whole movie, yeah. and it's yeah, okay. Yeah, and then when it happened, I'm like, oh, that's fucking right. That's what happens in this movie. Yeah, but I, I will, t- I will tell the coolest part about it is uh, Paul Dini's able to write the last Batman and Joker story, oh. which is awesome. Yeah. Oh man, and uh, kind of sick and twisted. It's oh, it's I, yeah. really sick because ah. it's, it's rated PG thirteen, yeah. but the Blu ray is uncut, so it's even like a step above PG thirteen. Oh. So it has moments in it that are just dude. Oh. And I I loved Batman Beyond. I really did. Oh, how man. I never saw that movie. The uh. the scene where the Joker is talking to Batman in the projector room. Oh my gosh. Dude, talk about Mark Hamill just knocking it out of the park. Oh, <laughs> I hate you guys. I'm sorry. Um, I'm the worst person. I watched a bunch of uh, Volume 4, Batman mm-hmm. Animated Series 2, and um, the animation change kind of gets me. And, like It's almost too pr- like clean and simplified. Mm-hmm. Yeah, After watching the other three volumes where sure. it's all very gritty. And then it loses all those awesome opening title cards I love those. like they just put text on and oh, start sucks. the show yeah. i don't remember i uh, but those title cards i used to uh, when i watch them on dvd i f- fast forward the opening because i've seen it so many times but i always stopped so i can see the title card yeah. oh yeah so but i was actually surprised because uh, the first couple episodes are like oh my god this is just like really watered down these plots are really ridiculous these aren't the characters being themselves it's just like but then every once in a while on the disc like every fourth or fifth episode it it delves into this like really weighty and important episode and like the most of the volume deals with they kind of space it out across episodes of how batman and robin split up and like hmm. how uh robin went off and been when when been when became nightwing and so like tim drake's trying to figure out that mystery and barbara knows and um I kind of for like I watched it really fast, so I'm going to talk about all those episodes later. But the one I want to highlight for this episode is called Legends of the D- Legends of the Dark Knight. It starts out with these three kids roaming the city, trying to like catch a glimpse of Batman, and t- they all talk about their idea of what Batman yes. is. And oh. so it, there's I think there's three parts to it, and there's this really cool thing in between those stories that I'll tell. But it, basically, the first one is. Uh, this one kid tells like his idea of Batman and it's drawn as like a classic, like 1920s, 1930s Batman Joker story. And Batman's like tied to a giant piano and you know, it's the clown prince of crime type mm-hmm. Joker. And he's even drawn with the, like the old, the man who laughs face and everything. Yeah. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then the next kid talks about, uh, no, Batman like fights mutants in the future. And so it's a, li- it's a 
Dark Knight Returns animation before mm-hmm. they actually they're releasing the new one anyway. But uh, so there's that one, and then in between those two stories is they're walking down the street. I think what it was anyway. They come across this long-haired kid, and he's talking like he's stroking this costume or something. He's talking about how fabulous it looks, and the, what he's ta- like he's talking about like the way he thinks Batman's costume is. And if you're paying really close attention, it's actually like a throw at Joel Schumacher. Uh. <laughs> it's just like that kid seems like he's a little feminine. <laughs> and he's talking about the bat costume, and um, he says it's fabulous and stuff. I'm like oh, that's, they're poking fun at Joel Schumacher on <laughs> oh, that one. No. Um, and then uh, yeah, there's like the Legends of the Dark. The one girl who's talking about that story is actually animated to look like the female Robin from Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. So when it transitions to from like telling her like her in the as the character in the real world to her telling the story, like she suddenly has the costume on and she looks like I forget what the future Robin's name is, but um, awesome. so that's a cool episode. And there's I think something else at the end that's a cool throwback, but um, I'll talk about those later. I totally remember that episode. So, but that that was cool. It's like after watching all these kind of like oh, okay, these are just sort of ridiculous over the top stories. They have this one that's like harkening back to all the great like you know the actual comic books and stuff so that was awesome what's the deal with volume four when what was the change uh i think they went to the actual wb because the anime series used to be on fox that's right and uh i think they probably just wanted to save a little money uh production wise so they simplified the character design so the asian animators could pump them out (laughs) faster but they actually ended up pumping out fewer episodes so yeah weird and then the whole the whole volume doesn't have like a finite conclusion yeah, yeah. Like there's a oh, and then there's also an episode uh, where they work in Jonah Hex. Which oh is yeah, really I remember that one. Jonah Hex and Raz Al Ghul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was when it came on. I was like, "What is this? And is <laughs> I, this all about Jonah?" Oh I, man, they reran that episode a lot. Did they? A I'd lot, never saw a it. lot. So I like I remember a lot of him just walking in the desert, and I don't know who the shit Jonah Hex is when I'm you know eight years old or whatever. I will say the end of the episode is amazing. <laughs> Like oh. the conclusion to it is like, I, re- I remember actually liking it. I just, yeah, I guess I can talk about it. Um, basically you spend this whole time following Jonah Hex this episode of like trying to stop Ra's al Ghul and the guy that Ra's al Ghul, like Ra's al Ghul's secondhand man is like really screwing things up for Jonah Hex. Yeah. Um, and so they have this big battle on an airship and then the episode starts out with Batman hunting down Ra's al Ghul, uh, at this nursing home. Razagul kidnaps this guy and then leaves a tape of this story about Jonah Hex tracking him down in the past or whatever. Yeah. And so you're listening to Batman's driving, trying to get to the airfield to stop uh, Razagul. Along the way, they listen to the tape. And then when they get to the airfield, you find out that the guy they kidnapped is actually a son of Razagul. And he's been off Razagul's radar all this time. Um, and he just wanted to take his son home. Hmm, That's why yeah. he kidnapped him. And so. Huh. Razagul just like he's staring at Batman. He's like, you know, can you just let me go this one time? Because I just want to spend some time with my son before he dies. Because he hasn't been able to Lazarus yeah. him all the, you know. Yeah. So Batman just he Batman actually just lets him go. Wow. It's mm. like he gets it. Like it's family. So I'll Aww. let this one slide. So that, that was really cool. touching. Yeah. I don't remember actually knowing any of that part. I just <laughs> remember like Jonah Hex in the desert. Yeah, I was surprised it had that ending because it's like, yeah, they blow up the airship and everyone you know hero wins and then it cuts to oh yeah there's this other part where batman was actually right. in the episode and <laughs> yeah it's, it's actually oh yeah they're trying to explain the, the origin of this 
other character who is you know, his son. Huh. Who cool. he treats terribly, like in the past, you know, <laughs> uh, gets on his case a lot. And then, uh, yeah. So, and then uh, the last thing I watched uh, was a, I forgot to look it up. I think it's a Swedish or Norwegian movie called Clown. Oh, oh yeah, I with a K. That, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, it's, uh, I think it's really funny, but I don't know if I can recommend it cause it's a different kind of humor and you have to read subtitles all the time mm-hmm. and hope that it's funny. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's one of the best things I watched, but it, it was, it was funny. Like it, it was funny to watch that one time. Where'd you see it? At the, uh, Colfax Film Center. Oh, okay. It's really raunchy. It's from um, Denmark. Denmark. Okay. Um, crazy Danes. Yeah, it's it's got some really funny, like extreme, over the top, uh, subversive gags in it. I don't know if I should talk about one of them. The movie starts out right away with uh, it's about this guy who finds out that his wife has been keeping a secret that she is pregnant because she's not sure he's going to be a good enough father because he's still really immature and stuff. Hmm. So she's been keeping that secret and so when he finds out that she thinks he's ill fit to be a dad he starts trying to prove that he's a good dad but right off the bat um he tells this to his reading club buddies and he doesn't actually read the books he just goes there to hang out (laughs) with everybody and so his reading club buddies say to prove that uh you know you love her and you want to be there for her you need to give her a pearl necklace and uh (laughs) he's like i don't have enough money they're like, no, you dude, you don't understand. Uh, <laughs> you got to do the other thing. And then when it's done, tell her you love her. Uh, so he's like, uh, yeah, I'll just try and actually buy the necklace. And then he goes home. And then meanwhile, they're taking care of uh, his nephew, Bo. And so he stays the night. And then she's gone for some reason. But overnight, uh, some thieves break into their apartment, ransack the place. And instead of like, taking Bo away he just takes off and leaves the kid behind <laughs> so when his wife comes back and f- back and finds out that he's a huge coward um he's like now i'm really in the doghouse i know what i'll do i'll go give her a pearl necklace uh-huh. and so he jerks off on her and then finds out that um her mother is staying over and so he gets it in her eye and she has to go to the hospital so he's really uh-huh. in the doghouse and then he later after that he has to go take Bo to the grandparents or something. And then he joins up with his friend who is on the tour de pussy. Uh. <laughs> They're supposed to go to this uh, brothel that's like open once a year. And uh, and it's run by one of the reading group guys. And uh, yeah, more crazy, disturbing stuff happens along the way. You see the best movies. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. I know. Uh-huh. I was expecting like Kevin Smith level raunchy, and this is, yeah. Uh, does it have a good ending? At the end, are you like, oh, that's that's sweet? Uh, yeah. They uh, the kids trying to collect bottle caps to win this toy car, so they hijack a bus, uh, and uh, <laughs> steal the car at gunpoint when they don't give them. What? The car well, in Denmark. In Denmark, they have weird ways. They yeah. do. And then the wife. Uh, realizes that's a nice gesture that he was willing to go to jail for the kid after they really ruined his life earlier. Oh my god! Huh? And he almost drowns. 
and uh, yeah. actually the very very end when they find all when they accidentally show all the photos from his buddy's cell phone in front of the family at his party the kids what's a confirmation party and so there's some really nasty photos from the trip that you didn't know were taken oh. yeah Denmarkians, right? Yeah. Yay. Danes? Sorry, Danes. Danes. <laughs> James, well. what did you watch? <laughs> I just brought this down with my foreign film. Uh, um, just two quick things. Uh, there is a Brian Singer produced online web series called H Plus that just started. Um, and it's sort of a... Um, it's like five to seven minute little sequences. There's only two of them out so far, but I think it's going to be seven or nine episodes long. Uh, so it'll be like one episode of a TV show. Uh, and basically it's about this world where it's in the future and technology has gotten to a play point where people have like tiny little computers inside their bodies that do all kinds of stuff that actually lets them like see computer interfaces in front of them. And it's, it's a really cool um, visual style, but then these people who are in a in a parking complex, like a substructure parking complex, uh, all of a sudden something happens, and people who have this just start falling over dead. But the people who are lower down are okay because they're they're far enough away from like whatever virus or whatever is making this happen that they're they survive, uh, and that's where they are post episode two, um, and it's really cool. Like for a you know what seems to be fairly independently produced obviously Brian Singer's involved so there's some money but um it it kind of looks like a like a high budget student film like one of those really good ones that you know 2 years later you whoever directed that is doing district 9 or whatever um it feels like one of those and it's pretty cool so i would say go check it out it's Where can you, know, you find 10 it? minutes worth of it's all on youtube if you just type in h plus uh it'll show up or if you just google it uh they've got a website uh, Slash film did a whole article about it, um, but the big thing was I finally got to go see Beasts of the Southern, so, uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild, um, which is actually at AMC because AMC does that thing where they have indie movies at their theaters. So that was pretty cool because it meant that I didn't have to go spend an afternoon at the Mayan when it was hot and they don't have <laughs> air conditioning. I know, right? I'm sorry. Like I like that theater, but I only like going in the winter time. They still haven't fixed it. Damn. Well, yeah, it's always really hot in there. Um, plus like the Mayan relegated it to upstairs real quickly and it's not at the Esquire yet. And I'm, so, I, I really don't like the upstairs at the Mayan, the Esquire I like more, but anyway, um, this movie is great. This movie is really good. It's the movie that coming out of Sundance, everybody was talking about. Uh, it's sort of a post-apocalyptic movie where, um, basically actually America is fine, but the, the ice caps have started to melt, and so America builds a, a giant levee around most of mainland America so that the like water water levels, world? <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Um, so the, the water doesn't come in, but there are parts, especially like in Louisiana and stuff, where things are swampy, where people still want to live on this land because that's where they have had their families for forever, but it's outside the levee, and that's where this movie takes place. Um and I don't think that's spoilers because they tell you that pretty dang quick. Uh, but it's it follows this girl who lives in this, this little town that they call the bathtub with her father. Uh, and it's really about this relationship between her father and her and about her sort of having to grow up as things are getting even more shitty in this in this society. Uh, her having to grow up and go on these adventures to find out sort of who she is and uh, become strong enough that... Uh, she can survive in this future that maybe 
worse for her than people would have expected. Uh, and it's it's really good, especially the the performance by this lead actress is fantastic, especially for a little girl. Um, it's man, I I don't even know what to say about it because it's just something you have to see because it's not like any other movie that I've ever seen. It's it tends to be pretty quiet. Most of the scenes are really just like her and her father in the shack arguing. Um, but their arguments are, are interesting and feel very honest. Uh, and then the whole, the whole third act is just amazing. Um, I don't want to spoil what happens because eventually the, the story takes you to a place that you didn't expect you'd go. And then you come back and things have to change. Um, but I will say this, I was really close to crying and next time I see it, I probably will cry. It's got very much of a, um, the river runs through it. Hey, hey, hey. Wait, it's so got, it's, a, it's a little girl? Yeah, the main character is is like an eight-year-old girl. Because in the trailer, like, she goes, who's the man? I'm the man. Yeah. And that's a little girl. Yeah, no, it is. <laughs> yeah, 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 because that's the thing. She's got to, she's got to, you know, a two. be strong. Um, mm. Well, no, in that scene, she's learning how to eat uh That was crabs. little boy throughout the whole trailer. <laughs> <laughs> you jerk. Um, no, it's not. But uh, it's really good. It's got what I was gonna say is it's got a monologue at the end that is very a river runs through it, uh, reminiscent. Which I have a special place in my heart for that monologue. So uh, I thought it was fantastic. You just take an afternoon, go see this movie because it's well worth it. You don't want to miss it. Cool. Uh, this week from our Comic Con interviews, we did an interview with David Boop, who is a local author and also the MC for the 2012 Denver Comic Con. So yeah. Hey, Brad, go ahead and uh, let's roll that interview. Hi, welcome to day three of Denver Comic-Con. I remember that part. Uh, We are with... David Boop. Who is the official MC of Denver Comic-Con 2012. We were told we're the official podcast because we're the only ones here that were on the first day. Well, and I can't say that because I have other MCs I'm competing for in a Highlander sort of uh, battle. <laughs> oh, really? So, yeah. So there can every, only be one. Yeah. How so many I, heads have you collected? Um, well, I'm about uh, after the podcast, of course, because I don't want to ruin the podcast. Um, I'm going to collect one. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. You know, I don't. We lost our previous conversation, and we were talking about you were talking about how awesome it was to do the Tron panel. Can you remember uh, your yeah. story behind that? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it was it was really interesting as a growing up being a fan of the uh, of the the movies being able to sit up there with these two iconic characters that I grew up with 30 years later and it's just like a fanboy's dream you know you have to like but you know you have to like separate the fanboy you can't just keep going you're so great yeah i uh, <laughs> i i recognize it to uh, using the force yeah. you know when you use the force you pull yourself out of your body <laughs> and uh, you have to be, you know, professional and because there was a moment at the uh, James Marsters panel today where I could totally have geeked out with him. Yeah, because his favorite horror movie is my favorite horror movie. So, <laughs> and which is that? Night of the Living Dead. Yeah, excellent. What did uh, What did Bruce say about uh, what it was like, like before they made that movie and they were going into this thing that was going to be a historical CG movie? What did yeah, you say? Yeah, well, I had asked them, um, you know, when they were reading the script, did they know that they were making, you know, basically film history? Uh, the first time that they you incorporate computer graphics with film, and they're like, we had no clue. We didn't even really know what a computer was at that time. I was like, did they even have previs or anything? Probably no, not. No, they wouldn't have been. I mean, it would have been. It would have been um, like, uh, storyboards. Storyboards. Yeah. 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 yeah, and that's all they showed them was a couple of uh, cartoon drawings. 
you know, it was Disney. So, you know, mm-hmm. everything's a cartoon. So they, they showed him a cartoon of what it was going to look like when it was done. Um, but they're, they're running around. He said they were, in, they, uh, they were running around on uh, completely black sets and had hmm. no idea what it was going to look like afterwards. Because the, the film process takes a certain amount of uh, low light to be able to bring the suits out. Ah, so, so yeah, so they had no clue. Um, the first time you know they saw it was pretty much the first time it was screened for them and got to see all the CGI, and they, they had no idea. That's wow. really cool. Um, so you, you, got this, you got to be the MC here because they saw you at a con down in, in, uh, in Colorado Springs. Correct. Um, and... Marsters was the biggest one you've ever done, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, there I did uh, uh, Chase Masterson and uh, Fraser Hines from Doctor Who and uh, David J. Howe and uh, Sam Stone, uh, a couple other uh, British authors that had come over. And, uh, and, and Chase, Chase is awesome, but I'd known Chase for a while going into this. So I'm up on stage with somebody I know, and we're just, you know talking back and forth and having fun with it and, and so forth. And then I also did Kevin J. Anderson, New York Times bestselling author, Kevin J. Anderson. Um, you, you have to say that. Yeah, it's, yeah, in, yeah. it's anytime you mention him, you have to mention New York yeah, Times bestselling author. it's probably in his contract. Author. It's his yeah. new name. So, um, and so it was, it was real easy with them. This was the first time with somebody I knew nothing about and uh, such a, a, a huge fan following. I'm standing up there uh, with, with three thousand people in front of me you know easily and i'm like wow this is this is the big show and i had been in broadcast journalism for years on the radio uh in newspaper on television and also online um and so i was comfortable giving interviews but i wasn't comfortable doing an interview in front of an audience Mm -hmm. and so there was a lot of uh moments there going into it and then we were delayed by like 20 minutes before we even got started. So we're in this hot back hallway. So, uh, you know, we both came out there, you know, with, with sweat stains and stuff like that. I was like, oh, my God, you know, I'm up here with James Marsters and I probably smell. <laughs> yeah, I, I, was, I stand a guard outside the doorway to not let anybody go in and bother him. He was on his iPhone. He's probably making a great decision in his next acting gig. Mm-hmm. So uh, what are you working on next? Where can people find you? Well, I'm, I'm an author. First and foremost, before any of this type of stuff, um, this I do for fun, but yeah. what I actually am is an author. I have a, a one novel out called She Murdered Me with Science. It's a sci-fi noir set in the 50s, uh, scientist detective. And uh, I also have a series of uh, short stories, uh, a lot of them in the weird Western sort of uh, uh, environment. So if you're a fan of Cowboys and Aliens or uh, Jonah Hex the comic book yeah <laughs> so um, that's cool. that's the type of stuff that i write and so i'm always publishing short stories uh on a regular basis and this summer i'm working on two novels so wow what's the most embarrassing moment that you've seen hosting a panel has anything crazy happened well as a writer i'll tell you this one i was on a writer about um uh animal Animal uplift. Do you know what animal uplift is? The idea of raising the intelligence of animals to oh, human, yeah. yeah, yeah, for whatever reasons. Uh, you know, in fiction, it's slave labor. In a story I did, which is why I was on the panel, it was for space exploration. 
you know, because animals could handle certain planets that, you know, us humans don't even want to set foot on. So the idea was, uh, you know, so this panel was all about animals and fiction and uplifts and so forth. And these two women on the panel, there's four of us, uh, two men, two women. These two women got into a fight on whether or not animals had souls. What? And wow. they just went to, like, I hate to say, cat-like, but they just went to town on each other. They're Pun just, intended. Well, you don't know what you're talking about. Such and such philosopher says, philosopher nothing. Let's talk about science. <laughs> and they got into it. And me and the other guy were just like, you know, our jaws were just dropping. And it's like, ladies, ladies. And, wow. and it just spiraled down from there. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Wow. Well, yes. Uh, oh, sorry. You got no, I was going to say, are you going to pimp anything while you're on our show? Would you like to, you know, advertise anything? For a good anything? time, call. <laughs> <laughs> no, where, where can people find you? Yeah. Um, my website, www.davidboop.com, or my Facebook uh, fan page, which is, uh, you know, facebook.com slash dboop period updates. You can find me there. Uh, my next convention is in Seattle. I'm going to be doing WesterCon in Seattle over the July 4th weekend. Then it's BubonaCon in New Mexico and WorldCon in Chicago. Wow. That's my, uh, that's my summer, and the fall is just as crazy. If we're talking local people, uh, Mile High Con, I do that every year. It's uh, cool. my home con. Uh, I live around the corner from it, so it's great. I just, you know, I can go. I can drink all night. I can walk home. It's just great. <laughs> awesome. Or stumble. Home. Stumble, either way, <laughs> you know, whatever is... Yeah best i don't know what i was gonna say there i lost my train of thought i was gonna, I was gonna say something clever but then i couldn't think of anything clever to say and it was gone it was gone yeah no it has it is, oh, it is it late is, in the day sunday it is definitely a sunday there yeah. is no doubt about it um it is and unlike a lot of other cons i go to which you know have distinctive like after party sort of things there were a few parties and i bounced around to them there was the big concert at the hard rock and so forth but I shouldn't be this tired. Yeah. I really shouldn't, but I yeah. am. Oh, this was exhausting. Uh, there was a lot of prep beforehand, um, and there was a lot of energy here. And that energy, you're picking it up from the people. These people are oh, wonderful. Yeah. There's so much energy from them. The guests have energy, and, and they're up for the audience. And uh, and then finally, when your job's done, like mine is now, it's you know somebody cut Pinocchio's cords, and now I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> oh, absolutely, agreed. <laughs> what is Brad's your favorite thing was, you're going to take away from this year? Um, well, probably the the fact that I got through this, <laughs> that I got through it, and I was professional at all times. Nobody can come back and say, oh man, my God, I can't believe you said that, you know. Uh, up there, and, and you look like a fool next to these guys or anything like that. So, confidence. If I have to say one Good. thing I get out of it, it's confidence. I also got a really screaming Spider Girl print from Matt Campbell, <laughs> uh, nice. who has has a booth over there. I'm going to pimp him. Matt Campbell, if you haven't seen Matt Campbell's art, it's fabulous. Uh, he has a, a comic book called Mythica, but he does this awesome Spider Girl print. And uh, if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth seeing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm taking that away with me. So. <laughs> awesome. That's cool. my swag for the weekend. So. Well, thanks for stopping by, David. We oh, appreciate absolutely. it. Thank it's nice you meeting you this me. weekend. Yeah, no, it was a pleasure working with you guys. And, you know, ever, uh, you know if you ever need anything, just let me know. Oh, right. thanks. We appreciate sure, it. We'll look forward to seeing you next year, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, Sounds absolutely. Great. Take care. Thank you.
hey david thanks for stopping by me and david also uh, james panel um he did the first one i did the second one so we have that connection we met him at mile high comics the night before so thanks yeah. david um you sent us an email about when you're going to show up on the show and hey guess what it's this week. So. <laughs> yeah. So if you're still waiting for your interview, just email us and we'll <laughs> yeah, email we'll, us. We'll and rush it <laughs> and we'll rush it because <laughs> can you show us uh, we have so many that sometimes I forget. I know we've like, still got like twenty to go. Like la- <laughs> really? la- last yeah. week, me oh, and James wow. were like, "Oh, who should we do?" And we just remembered the Loki girls. Yeah, because they were cool. They were cool, and the first people we interviewed. So this week, guys, we saw the Born Legacy. We did. I remember now. Yeah, finally got to it, huh? <laughs> um, <laughs> So, Brad, should people go see The Bourne Legacy? Yeah, it's good. James? Yeah, absolutely. If you like the other Bourne movies, I think this is an interesting addition to it. Meh. As someone who forgot about the other Bourne movies, like what happened, I, it was just fun to watch. It, it, it was kind of self-encapsulated, I thought. Well, there's there's very little plot in the first three, and this one actually is, is something of a se- uh, like a like a prequelish kind of movie because it sort of tries to explain some of what happens, but uh, I thought have to see right. it to know. Here's the trailer. What's your name? Kath Kitson. <laughs> Will you give yourself to this program? Yes, sir. There is nothing that you wouldn't do for this country. You want the strength to do what's necessary. <laughs> He's cramped. Oh, that has healed well. What do you think that we do out there, Doc? Jason Bourne was the tip of the iceberg. It's Aaron Cross. We have never seen evaluations like this. He's treadstone without the inconsistency. I've never met anybody in the program. So how many of us are there? You asked too many questions. Jason Bourne is in Manhattan. Confirmed. What? That's all I have. Gotta go. People, listen up. This is a national security emergency. The FBI is investigating links between Treadstone and this man, Jason Bourne. I go down for this, Mark. You were given a Ferrari, and your people treated it like a lawnmower. You're asking me to wipe the most valuable assets we've ever put in the field. You start to consider the magnitude of what we're facing if this moves sideways on us. Meaning what? Meaning we will burn the program to the ground. Hey, look, look, it's me. Do you want to live? Because I want to live. You think that Jason Bourne was the whole story? There's a lot more going on here. You've had alterations to two different chromosomes. It's the most exciting development in the history of the science. Well, I'm not just a science project. I gave them everything. We both did. I was 
I was surprised at how long it takes this movie to get going. It does take a long time like, to get the movie to get going. You you have to kind of be interested in the the stuff that's happening in the Bourne universe to actually be enthralled in all of the conversation that's going on in the first basically first half. Like Yeah, I mean the first half is setting up the fight and chase scenes at the end. Oh yeah. You know. Which the truth is if you go back and watch Born Identity, that is also true. Like, there's yeah. not a lot of action. I mean, there's some, but uh, it, it is in a lot of ways building up to that last sequence. But it's different there because Born doesn't really know who he is. So this one is really just following this guy who knows who he is and knows what's going on. He doesn't feel like he's driven by, um, f- like, frustration and a mystery as much as Born is, which I think is the big difference. Like, I like both these characters, but... Born is more engrossing because he doesn't know what's going on and he's just angry because stuff is happening to him. Um, this one's so we we just gotta stay alive. Yeah, we know they're hunting us. Whereas Kenneth Kitson's motivation is really different. <laughs> um, wow, spoiler! Oh, you mean because you find out what his name is? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I think in the trailer they even say it at one point. He's got two names in the trailer. He's like, yeah, another Born, or he's Alex. Uh, I guess we can ask, answer Natalie's question. Um, yeah, there is no Jason Bourne in this one. Um, yeah, he doesn't ever show up. I thought he never he shows up. I, I know, I'm really disappointed. The There's no Matt Damon in a cameo. Yeah. Because they, ha- they missed a big opportunity. They could have the two teamed up and take down Treadstone at the end. Well, mm-hmm. the, the piece of news that we skipped was that uh, Frank Marshall, it, there was a special showing for the Jaws Blu-ray this week, or a, a week ago or so, that uh, Harry Knowles was at. And he asked him about like what what's going to happen next with Bourne, and Frank Marshall said that they um, they're really excited about pushing out another movie fairly quickly that will involve both Jeremy Renner and Matt Damon's characters in the same movie, uh, which that sounds cool because this movie takes place while the other movie is happening, so yeah. they could easily they're like in the same. S- yeah, the the guy who gets shot in the second one, the second you one? see him get shot in that one, and then. Uh, he sh- or, or is it the third one? Well, it, the the second and third take place at the same time for the most part. So, anyway, it, uh, yeah. But I, I I think my biggest problem with this movie was is the first half, uh, and throughout the rest of it, seemed like seemed like he was just trying to get his drug fix. Like oh, his yeah. motivation was drugs. Well, but like that's what it feels like. But then when you find out, like the thing I love, uh, the, maybe my favorite thing about this movie actually is that little germ of an idea that is very flowers for Agenon that like his motivation isn't that he's addicted to drugs his motivation is that he was not a very intelligent person they it, they reveal that he was actually not smart enough to get to go into the marines um and that he he got it sort of got cheated in um and that that's his motivation is that if he falls off of these drugs that they've been giving him to make him a better soldier he will be dumb again and he doesn't want to do that and like that to me is such a great emotional story it's almost a shame Meh. Like, it's almost a shame it takes them so long to get there, but at the same time, if they had just started that from the beginning, it would seem corny. But uh, I think that that scene, and especially the way that Renner portrays, like, that struggle in him, and then when we see the flashback of him being interviewed where he wants to get into the, the program, and the way he plays himself as dumb, I think is really good. Like, I... I I don't, don't, want, I don't want to say I relate to that guy, mm. but I, I feel for him. Um I, I thought it was great. It, it is. A, it's a more sci-fi born movie than the other ones are. Um, you know, there's a lot more plot and a lot more like, oh well, now he's on drugs and we're you know we're gonna make him smart. Whereas the other ones are just like, well, he's he's 
trained to be a, a really good assassin and then he forgot, you know. Um and this has superhumans. Yeah, I mean this is like <laughs> it's you know, it's not Captain America completely implausible, but it's some crazy science stuff in there that you're like, oh, okay, I guess. See, I believed in Captain America more than I ever believed in Jeremy Renner's character in this. <laughs> uh, but, in, I mean, yeah, I mean, my like I said, I mean, the movie was okay. I don't, th- I mean, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. It's just I could never really um, get into it like I got into the Born, other Born movies. Because, um, again, I thought his motivation was weird. Um, I mean, even after finding out, oh, I don't want to be dumb. Yeah. So I'm going to fly all the way around the world so I can get drugs. To me, it's just like, eh. Yeah, I mean, there's some. Uh, I mean, there's some wicked cool parts in it. Uh, My yeah, favorite whole... when he, he uh, when when he's at with uh, Rachel Wise's farmhouse and he scales that wall and then jumps through the window and shoots yes. that chick. Mm-hmm. That's oh, like, that's that is a, a great shot. Yeah, sequence. that was. I, I will say though, I think the director of this isn't quite as good as the other Bourne movies. No, um, Tony, uh, it's Tony Gilroy who is also the guy who wrote it. Didn't he do um, the last one? No, no the last two Paul are Paul Greengrass. Greengrass, and Paul Greengrass is, an, is a great director. Who did the um, first one? Uh, uh, Doug Lyman. Oh, I thought Greengrass did the first one. No, Doug yeah. Lyman does the first one, and then the second two are really where it gets shakier and a bit, um, yeah, it, it mostly just shakier uh, and uh, sort of a faster pace. And then this one is just more claustrophobic. Like I, I yeah. feel like I, I don't know what's going on as well as I do in the Greengrass ones, which is uh, a real testament to what he's doing because that movie, it's hard to even know what you're looking at but you can follow the action sequences really well because they're they're choreographed in such a way that it feels like a dance. Whereas this one, man, when Renner starts beating people up, it's just like, whoa, ah, ah. And then there's there's people that are on the ground, and you're like, okay, that was impressive, but it's not quite as much fun to watch as the other one is. Yeah, you know, I, I might be a movie I might go see again because, yeah. um, I mean, there's parts that I really liked, but I might have been sucked out because of the people behind me. Mm. I'm uh, kept on, like, saying, like, you know, they're in Manila. Yeah. Oh, that he's gonna shoot him and just stuff like that. Just I usually hardly ever get sucked out of movies, but when it's that obnoxious, like yeah. dude, just shut the well, chick, just shut the fuck up. Just to let quote, me. To quote Joss Whedon, there's a special place in hell for people <laughs> who talk in the theater. It's just unnecessary, and um, and two, I had a really big problem with the ending of the movie because it it, it, did, is. it it's didn't real quick. It didn't solve anything. No. Um, it, again, just setting up for sequels. They might as well just put like to be continued at the end. Oh yeah. Because oh, yeah. literally they showed, I mean, because I actually thought the most interesting character in the whole movie was Edward Norton's character, because yeah. he was definitely a huge villain, but they really didn't explore what happened to him. I mean, he was yeah. talking about doing all this stuff, then they cut to that uh, one lady from the first three movies, her Senate hearing, and then yeah. Edward Norton's never heard of again. They spend so much time tying it in with the other ones that... But nothing ever pays off because of that, and especially uh, because they set up that relationship that Edward Norton had with Jeremy Renner's character. Yeah, you know, because he like knew that this guy was, you know, I don't know, loose cannon, I guess. But then they do that one flashback scene, and then they never explain again why you know yeah. Edward Norton's so afraid of this guy, and um, Edward Norton says, you know, you got to find him, you know, look for him, and then he just never shows up again. I totally agree. Yeah, like, it was just bizarre. I, it's. Um... I don't think it's a movie that will could ever stand on its own. Like I even uh, Sierra texted me earlier because she wanted to come and I, and she was like, "Well, I've never seen the other ones. Can I still go?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, you don't need to see the other ones." And I totally knew I was lying. I just wanted to come to see the movie <laughs> with us. Um, but this is not a movie that if you haven't seen the other ones, it would work for you. Uh, and if they don't make a sequel to this one, I think that this movie would be done a complete disservice. Uh, because yeah, exactly. Like 
I think they could make a a really good villain out of Edward Norton, especially in sequels. Um, because he's such an intense actor yeah. that I think that him not playing the nice guy or something like that is really an interesting choice. And so I, I guess maybe that's why I had a problem with the movie is because they went through all this trouble of setting up, you know, a cool car chase. And then at the end, uh, uh, you know, Rachel Wise says, oh, uh, I want to, maybe we should be lost. And then they start that born music. Yeah. I'm like, fuck, they're going to seriously end this right now? Yeah. Um, which I was glad that they got Moby back for this. But still, uh, yeah, like they had to do, I, I sort of thought going in, I was like, okay, somehow they're going to get this back so that um, they'll they'll like set up Edward Norton as the new villain. And then something will happen where these characters will get led to wherever David Strathorn is, Strathorn or however he pronounces his name, and then they'll accidentally or on purpose kill David Strathorn. Yeah. And so that'll be the way that they finish off the villain from the last three movies and set up the villain for the new movies. Um, but then they just don't like they just leave all of the stuff that was hanging from the end of ultimatum still hanging. Uh, because even Edward Norton had that great scene with that uh, general in the cafe I thought was really good. Yeah. Um, where he's, oh, yeah, he's talking is. about that. He's, you know, the general says, I know everything that's going on. And Edward Norton said, well, you don't because I'm the one who approves all this stuff. Um, and you know, there's so many great little scenes with him where he kicked all the, um, analysis out or the yeah the, the help but then it really didn't amount to anything i thought they're going to reveal something really cool but it no was, it was just like those people aren't no, allowed to have they don't want he didn't want them there seeing that picture on the screen because yeah. then they'll, oh, no i know that part but that's I mean, a bunch of other witnesses right yeah no i get that part but you thought that he's gonna you know get into yeah it. like I mean, so, something was gonna we were gonna find something out no i yeah. agree if um, anything you should have the guy who's like Come out here, come out here! I found this on the screen. He, like he should have chastised that guy because then exactly. he wouldn't have had to tell everyone to leave the room, yeah. making his job that much harder. I guess that's you know um, I, that's why I had a problem because it never really solved anything. The movie was there was no conclusion. There was no, yeah. um, and I mean that's fine with movies that you know have sequels, but yeah, and all the conspiracy stuff about like there's the YouTube clip that I guess exposes them. Like I just don't get mm. why. Oh. Any of this matters. And, yeah, and, See, you know, I, Edward got all worked up about it. You know, it's just no. The truth is, I loved all those scenes. Like all of the dialogue in the first half, I I was enamored with because I like Tony Gilroy dialogue because it's like um, it feels much more deliberate. Like he doesn't have um, he's like an Aaron Sorkin or a David Mamet where the dialogue is rich and he uses cool words and stuff like that. Uh, but there's not a lot of just banter in there. Like people say exactly what they mean. Um, and so I, I liked listening to, like you said, like that scene where Edward Orton is with that general. Mm-hmm. Like that scene is so cool just to watch. Like it doesn't matter what they're talking about to me. I just like listening to those guys talk. Uh, but you're right. It just doesn't, by the end, nothing comes of what's going on. Um, but I actually, I, I did like, because I've seen the Bourne movies enough times that I, I think that the the sort of conspiracy stuff at the beginning fits in with what they're doing in those first three movies and the, the kind of stuff they're worried about. Because um, it is cool. It's something that you don't think about in the first three movies that like, well, as as Bourne is going back and sort of tearing down this structure that has created him, there are, there are going to be other casualties and other other sections of this whole uh, tree of intelligence that are going to pay a price for that. And this kind of takes one of those and is like, well, there was this other branch that was doing something else. Um, and because he's drawing attention to them, they have to start changing the way they do stuff. And so that that to me was all really cool. But the Renner Rachel Weiss story doesn't actually go anywhere. Like it just has a, it's got some action. And at one point he fights a wolf, which is cool. (laughs) 
I was so excited that there was another movie this that was year creative. where I, yeah. I didn't see that coming yeah. without the yeah well, the uh, tracking device. We did have a, a Hawkeye moment in the theater when oh, uh, yeah. when uh, Renner pulled the uh, gun over his hand. He wrapped the uh, the strap around his hand a certain way, and I looked at James like, "Oh, that's Hawkeye!" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and because there's he shoots down that UAV, and then he's all cool and he's putting the gun away. And in the background, you see the UAV crash into the mountain. Mm-hmm. I I couldn't help but laugh at that shot because I was like, "Yeah, that's totally the most badass thing shooting down Chintari warriors." Hmm. Um, yeah. Even Edward Orton had a great line where you know he said, "I think he has a rifle. It was high powered, so they <laughs> so they'd get back yes. to like." what they mm-hmm. were doing because they got all distracted so i mean there's cool yeah parts, that line but... about like oh, he's just one man well what's he got he's just a, just a rifle it's a high-powered rifle but yeah. yeah 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 but yeah i just wish there was more i do too uh, there's I... no closure no not it's at all weird uh, it's one that like uh the truth is like if you go back and watch I, it's how i felt after supremacy where i was like oh the action's really cool but i don't think the story is actually that interesting in supremacy but then supremacy linked with ultimatum is awesome um, it, it's definitely not as much as I expected. Yeah, but I mean, even though those movies, though, you still had some sort of, you know, conclusion or the yeah. conclusion for the continuation. Yeah. I mean, they should have had something with Edward Norton, you know, getting people together, you know, like, let's find this guy and I'm going to find him. Yeah. And it, it yeah. I think and then part he of turns into like the Hulk and, oh, dude, that'd have <laughs> been awesome. Part of why it's not as much as I expected is because I was telling Natalie and Sarah in the theater, like, this is the first time that we've gotten a Bourne movie made that was given the money and time and resources uh that the people making it wanted you know the 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 two sequels they started filming those before they had scripts like especially ultimatum the whole the whole like chase sequence in the middle that is so famous and and awesome where he like is jumping through windows and And stuff like that people with a book yeah like that it was all filmed when they didn't know why that was going to be in the movie or how they were going to get to that city but they were like well tony gilroy you got to write this so that we can get to this city and have this scene and you know, somebody blows up a car or whatever. Um, and so I was sort of expecting like, well, okay, well, here's a chance for Tony Gilroy to just start, do a script the way he wants to do it, and it's going to be really special and twisty and all of that. And he, he doesn't really do it. Like, he just gives us um, a different story with some action at the end. But motorcycle yeah. chase is pretty cool. Yeah. I like when uh, Rachel Weisz tried to hit that dude with the, her helmet and she missed. Oh, yeah. That was like pretty funny because yeah. you always you expect her to hit him yeah and, and she, you're rooting for her you're like whipped. yeah be a badass chick and hit this guy especially after that you know she just sort of she tries to fight the guy who tries to who goes into the room and starts shooting everybody which is a fucking intense scene um though that thing is that scene is shot in such a way that you're just mm-hmm. oh, you're just mm-hmm. watching him kill people um which is fucked up I also uh, thought there were a lot of scenes where they set up tension and then nothing happens mm-hmm. which is also really disturbing yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it is uh, like i would almost say that i would want them to get somebody else to direct the next one i think tony gilroy is better when he's directing dialogue and stuff like that than when he's doing action because his action the action in this movie is a bit too claustrophobic but cool so you can like us on facebook real nerds podcast you can tweet us real underscore nerds you can go to our website real nerds com. you can email me real nerds at gmail.com leave us a message Seven two zero six nerds five, and remember you can click on our page to donate money to the Alex Sullivan Fund we're doing. So please do that. Next week, what are we seeing, Brad? Expendables or Paranorman? Uh, we're seeing both. So we're seeing Expendables and Paranorman. Oh, I hate you guys because I'm gonna be gone. Um, and we'll try to fit in the campaign too. So it might be a jam-packed episode next week. Because somebody didn't want us to see it tonight. 
Yes, so... I don't want to see it any night, so... Lame. So, until next time, same bat time, same bat channel. Uh Uh-huh, stole that from you. And Batman. And Commissioner Gordon in 1960s Batman. I think it's what he says, or as a narrator says it. I haven't seen that show in years. It's a narrator. I used to watch it when I was at my grandfather's house, and... Well, because as you you know from Fat Batman on Batman, that they used to do, uh, like... An episode one night, and then another episode the next night. So there were two episodes a week. Yes. So that's why they said it that way. And they might be getting those on DVD soon, so... Wow. Yeah. No more guessing. <laughs> 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 Trying to remember what happened. I don't actually know that I want to watch them. So yeah, stay tuned next week. Jam-packed episode of Real Nerds. Bye. Bye. James is selfish. Bye.